Hampton. And you're listening to HR After Hours. Pop Culture Edition. <laughs> well, watch me dismantle the royal family and call me <laughs> Megan Hannah Hampton. Oh. How the heck are you today? <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Um, oh, that poor ginger never stood a chance. She had her claws in him so quickly. Arr. Uh, I, um, there you have there's it. so many ways that I disagree with that, but that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. A whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. So how is everything going in Hannah Hampton land? Oh my gosh, good. No complaints here. It's, uh, you know, here we are, we're into 2020 and got the holiday uh, kind of out of the system. It's funny, I, there are still people in my neighborhood with lights up and I don't know how normal people feel about it, but I kind of like it because I still get a little bit of the ho- of the holiday feels. But now I'm getting to the point where it's uh it's kind of time for them to take it down, I'd say. I agree. I am one of those people. So I alternate where I'll do mm-hmm. years where I do the big colorful lights and I'll do even the larger bulbs outside and stuff. And when I do those uh, and I'll, I've even got this old retro um, peanuts uh, mm-hmm. yard, uh, yard decoration that goes out and it's got the big, everything just has this big, colorful, almost seventies vibe. Sure. When I do that, like new year's day, that stuff just has to come down. Right. Cause that's just, yeah, I take down vintage right. Christmas, but when I do right. white lights, uh, especially if you get a lot of snow, I think white lights in the neighborhood can, you can get away with, you know, turning them on and saying, Oh, come, come on over it's have just, some martinis at our house. We're still, it's it winter. Snow. No, it's it's true because my neighbors have some white lights in their backyard and it snowed the other day and I was talking to Mr. Hampton about how pretty how pretty it was. So, um, yeah, I I see that with the white lights where it's a little not, I guess, holiday specific. It's kind of nice to break up the uh, winter doldrums, I guess. (laughs) I'm just trying to picture you. Come on, honey. Look out back. These lights are pretty. But, you know, there are, I, I do still still see people with the wreaths up and things that are completely holiday. And it's funny, we had some, where I am, we had some warmer weather, which would have been perfect for taking down. And and then now this weekend, it's snowy and gross. And I'm like, people, you had your chance. Absolutely. And, well, I have, we, our homeowners association are just these terrible sadists. And if you had <laughs> your wreath up still today, I mean, you'd get you'd get three tickets, a warning, uh, and then they threaten to kick you out of the neighborhood. So <laughs> we don't. I, I don't have too much of that here, but I do think my new neighbors across the cul-de-sac have a very um, clampet ask vibe about them okay. that I'm going to have to Solid. keep an eye on them. I may seriously, I mean, they even well, have they got you over to the swim in their cement pong. Well, I mean, it, well, he did mosey on over one day <laughs> to introduce himself while we were washing our cars out front and just trying to get some sun. This is right at the end of the, it was one of those Indian summer type of days. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I kid you not, this guy's got a beer in one hand and he just <laughs> saunters on over it to, I don't want to say introduce himself because we've had pleasant exchanges before. You know, I'm that, I'm that wave at you and say hi neighbor and yep. uh, always, you know, hey, when you're driving past me or when I'm 
driving past you, but I don't care about anything going on in your life. And I don't ever, ever stop by my house unannounced. That's yeah. just the rule. My family doesn't do it. Why would you? But right. he, he, he saunters on over with his beer and a koozie one day while we're washing our cars and, you know, talks about how oh, the people in this neighborhood just don't seem very social. We should have them. Like, and of course, you know, I don't <laughs> drink. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to egg this fucker on. And I'm like, yeah, we should have a block party. That's what I think. Well, I don't understand why no one in this cul-de-sac, you know, interacts. And I talk to my, I have one neighbor specifically who is just so nice. And I'll talk to them and my old neighbor who he replaced. We would like push each other's cars if they got stuck. And, but other than that, our, you know, our neighbors are, are wave and acknowledge each other. And, mm -hmm. you know, if your house is on fire, by all means, come use my phone outside. Just kidding. Just spoon feeding this guy as he's like yeah you know and then he just starts saying all these racist things and i'm just like oh, oh my you god never be friends and it was it was terrible but anyway psa take your freaking lights down people but let's <laughs> jump right in oh my okay. gosh uh hannah i think you have a a quick little snapshot for yeah. us because Please tell me it isn't so. Did our pals at the Golden Arches yeah. earn yet another lawsuit? Yes. Now, you know, I, it broke uh, about a, maybe a week ago or this past week. I learned about it. But two African-American senior exec executives from McDonald's uh, have a lawsuit. They've, they've sued McDonald's. And they were claiming in intentional race discrimination, disparate treatment, sorry, hostile work environment, and unlawful retaliation. So it looks like this was filed on January 7th, so just recently. So basically, the they're saying the the people who are suing McDonald's are saying that there is just a pattern and practice of intentional race discrimination and they said it, 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 it got even worse when their former CEO Steve Easterbrook who we have talked about mm -hmm. because he's gone due to the relationship with an employee uh, they said that they the company has basically just got rid of many of the black executives they said 30 officers and demoting five so they said that the number of black executives declined from 42 to seven so basically they're, you know, they're saying that they have gotten rid of many of the people of color and they also are using tactics to reduce the number of black owned franchises. So these are they big. they cite anything on these tactics? Um, not, I, maybe I haven't, I didn't uh, specifically read the lawsuit. This is just. Well, that was kind of a dick move on my part. Sorry about that, Hannah. <laughs> That's okay. No, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, basically, they're claiming that uh, the company's just uh, reducing and not caring about having African-Americans in management position. Now, you know, to, to get both sides in here, McDonald's had said that they disagreed with the character characterizations in the complaint. And they say that almost half of their corporate officers are people of color. They said this is an increase of nearly 10% from 2013. And they're also saying that that all 10 of their U.S. field vice presidents are people of color. So, you know, this is one of those things I where I we wanted to bring it up because it's a new yet another story about McDonald's. But we don't have much information since it is brand new. So I wanted to throw out there, A, the, the, the details of the complaint, and then B, McDonald's response. So I think this is going to be one of those things where just want to keep an eye on the story and see where it goes. Because it's really, to me, very interesting. Um, 
the, the lawsuit itself and just, gosh, there's been a lot, just so many issues with McDonald's recently. But, you know, I guess given the size of the company and how uh, visual or how, you know, how how important they are in the world of, of fast casual, fast food, it's going to happen. When you're the big dog, you're going to get the problems. You're going to get the complaints. You're going to get sued. So I just think it's an interesting story that we all should be keeping an eye on. I totally agree. And I'm excited to see, oh, I shouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm glad you brought it up for a couple of reasons. A, uh, let me correct myself that I misspoke when I said they earned themselves a, another lawsuit because we don't know if McDonald's actually did right. anything here at all. McDonald's is obviously got a lot going on. They've had some shakeups. They are letting people go. So the question is, and it'll unfold hopefully, uh, and we'll cover it as it unfolds, but we should see whether or not these terminations are uh, a direct representation of all terminations going on across the board with the company. Hmm. And they've got some shakeups, you know, and, and I do like, you know, we don't have, we're not gunning for McDonald's. No, so, not at all. You know, we joke about it, but like you said, I mean, they are a huge corporation. I kind of joke, you and I are comic book people, and I <laughs> consider McDonald's like the the Spider-Man of the restaurant industry. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. So I do believe that McDonald's should lead by example and mm -hmm. be the, you know, the voice of change in their yes. actions. You know, they definitely have the power to make significant changes in their hiring practices, which mm -hmm. they may have already. Here's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. when I feel your demographic of your employees at all levels should strongly represent the brand and the markets it's in. Right. So, I, I mean, there was early in my career, I, I received recognition for diversity in my hiring practices when- my hiring practices were just hire local. You right, know, of course. My hiring should represent the market I'm in. That's yeah, it should, it, should, it should represent the community in which your company works. And I certainly, you know, and I certainly truly believe in um, making sure that diversity and inclusion, you've got practices, you've got things in place to ensure that that's happening. So I, you and I are totally on the same page with regards to that and agree that McDonald's should be leading by example. They should be making great decisions and great policies and practices with regards to hiring, hiring, firing, and everything in between. Absolutely. And this could be, you know, this may unfold and it may be a very legitimate lawsuit mm -hmm. or... This could be something where there's an opportunity to throw former CEO Steve Easterbrook under the bus and say, hey, these all happened under his regime, but regardless, they happened, bam, lawsuit. We don't right. know. So right. we'll, we'll follow up. But yeah. this is uh, this is very interesting, and I do promise that we'll we'll share some positive things that McDonald's has done. Yes, they're not the they're future. not all bad. I they're mean, we, but bad. we talked about the can I get a McJob? So there you go. Remember when we talked about they're leading the way, they're just disrupting with regards to hiring and, and using technology. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. All right. Well, let's jump in. This is this is a long intro, so this episode may run just a, a smidge long. But this is our first official uh, episode falling under our HR and pop culture theme. 
And we Aww. decided that we're going to discuss an episode of The Family Guy. Did you and call it The Family Guy? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> this is an episode of Family Guy. It's uh, season <laughs> eight, episode 14, called Peter Assment. And what this is, is it's an episode about sexual harassment. And, they, you know, there's a little spin. Can a male be sexually harassed by a female? Uh, we're going to go on. But here's the best part. So first off, I love Family Guy. You love Family yeah. Guy. It, it fits our taste. This episode opens with Stewie's class performing a musical about Terry Schiavo. Ugh. Oh, so well done. And there's so many great uh, references. And there's even a Matthew McConaughey character that comes in very, very early. But when you open with pre-K kids doing a Terry Schiavo musical, you know it's going to be a great episode, right? <laughs> and then, of course, Peter becomes a freelance TMZ uh, reporter. And in a confrontation, he breaks his glasses and so he has to put his contacts in, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, when he does this, all of a sudden his boss, Angela, finds him just irresistible. And she just finds his long eyelashes, like he's he's all of a sudden, he's an Adonis to her, and she imagines him nude swimming with the dolphins in the ocean, <laughs> and then she, she does that classic 1980s sexual harassment move where she accidentally throws a pencil on the floor and when peter bends down to pick it up she grabs a handful of peter's ass basically tells him he you know he's a piece of meat and she is now (laughs) smitten with peter peter goes home after this happens he tells his family about it lois says that if you're a male you cannot be sexually harassed because especially if you like it. But she says it's not harassment if he likes it because he's a man. <laughs> and then I Peter mean, no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, I know, right? And then Peter goes into the office and Angela's got a new uniform for him of cut-off denim shorts and a tank top, reminiscent of the Cindy Crawford iconic Pepsi oh, commercial yeah. where she just happens to have a Pepsi machine. And it'll set and then uh, makes him reenact the famous Pepsi commercial. And then my favorite part is she calls him a slut. Afterwards. <laughs> it tells him to get back to work. But what's great about this is his wife is just completely unsympathetic. Yeah. The harassment is over the top. Mm-hmm. But it makes a point. It makes a point, right? You know, I've got two, like my two cents on, on something where it's like, here's the short answer. The short answer is number one, of course, males, all anybody, gender, it's not, you know, not gender specific. Anybody can uh, experience sexual harassment. So that's number one. And number two, this is kind of a joke, but also very true in uh, many sexual harassment policies and descriptions, the actions have to be. Um, <laughs> unwelcome and unwanted <laughs> so i always say if it's welcome and wanted no i'm just kidding i'm totally kidding but uh yeah that's uh that's that's the quick answer but i know that we've got a lot to discuss with regards to the spot culture uh in hr but uh that this was a good very good on on selecting a, a good first um i guess tv show to discuss there you go. So we have three basic questions that mm-hmm. we're going to ask in every HR pop culture episode. And so the first question is, mm-hmm. is this realistic? 
I mean, is it is there a likelihood that this type of harassment could occur? Yes. I mean, this is a little dramatic. I can't imagine somebody getting a Pepsi machine to sexually harass somebody. <laughs> but certainly, I mean, I could see aspects of this, yes, being being realistic, where uh, the supervisor is asking inappropriate things of somebody who reports to them. So, yeah, I mean... Like I said, it, it, it is realistic, but to this degree, it's a little, I, obviously it's a TV show, it's a cartoon, so they can, they don't have a lot of, you know, physics and whatever else to get in the way, logistics, but uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, absolutely, men can be harassed. I mean, we've yeah. known that for a long time. Uh, but question number two, mm -hmm. and it's a two-parter, so part okay. one, what can be done by the victim in this scenario? Okay. Number one, they need to report it to human resources immediately. <laughs> because if I recall, now I don't remember. Now, now you have to tell me, but it sounds like I feel like Peter asked his boss to stop the behavior and it didn't. So if you're asking somebody, hey, this behavior makes me uncomfortable, please stop. Doesn't happen. Report it to HR. And that way HR can take it into their hands and start to do what they need to do with regards to the situation, which would be obviously launching an investigation. So I feel like that's the quick and dirty answer is tell them the behavior is unacceptable and then go report to your uh, HR representative, HR manager, HR, whatever it might be, report it. So A, you've, you've answered uh, part of the second part of the second mm -hmm. question. Uh, say that three times real quick. <laughs> so the second part of the, of the question is what would or should HR do or how should they act in this scenario? So you've got us starting with an investigation. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say your investigation uncovers that these two things are fact, that yeah. she did drop, she admits to dropping the pencil and mm -hmm. grabbing a handful of Peter's ass. And she even admits to making changes to the uniform, forcing him to reenact the Cindy Crawford Pepsi commercial. Mm -hmm. What do you do now? Well, and doesn't she also make him have sex with her? We're not there yet. Come on. Okay. I was going to say, because like, to me, all of that is completely unacceptable. <laughs> and if I learned about it in an in investigation, I, you know, there, I would definitely consider that to be severe. Because again, when you think about sexual harassment, it has to be severe or pervasive. I would consider this to be pretty darn severe. So I would feel comfortable terminating the manager because this is especially like, obviously, when you're watching a TV show, be it cartoon or real life, real, you know, live action, we get to see what's going on. But if I determined that what happened actually happened to me, that's terminable. She'd be gone. All right. And then this next one is the, the first two questions are, are pretty, you know, they're pretty simple, soft pitches. Here's the third one, though. Mm -hmm. th these questions we're going to ask every time we do these episodes, whether they're movies, shows, songs, plays, etc. cetera. Uh, the third one, mm -hmm. did this episode have any potential social impact? Well, I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those things. It's not I don't think this episode was water cooler talk. Now, certainly people were offended by it, but I think more of the Terry Schiavo part. <laughs> so uh, we could leave that Terry for Terry Schiavo, she's kind of alive -o. Oh, you're so bad. That's terrible. No, but I think that that was probably the more talked about piece because that is was pretty offensive. Um, 
you know, and I'm trying to choose my words there, but yeah. So I don't think this particular episode caused social change. However, I do feel that it brings up a great point for people to understand and recognize that sexual harassment is not just a, a male doing it to a female. It can happen in any uh, level of, it could happen from any, any person, you know, not taking account anything regarding gender, but it can happen from any person. It can happen at any level and it can happen to various sources of degree. So I think, you know, somebody watching it who isn't, uh, you know, in the HR world as we are, they might recognize like, hey, you know, while this is really funny and somewhat, uh, you know, extreme, it's certainly something that could happen. A female boss could sexually ha harass a male employee. And I don't know if they could, it's happened. You know, it's it's one of those things, it's, it's happened, it's out there. So yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is gonna, is, was a life-changing episode, but I think it brings up a good point and some people might recognize like, hey, that's something that could happen. See, I'm going to take your answer, though, and I'm actually going to throw some Red Bull on it and make okay. it a little stronger because I think it really could have. First off, think of the audience of Family Guy. First, it's a huge volume. I mean, you're talking about mm -hmm. a, a show that draws million uh, millions of hardcore viewers okay. uh, ourselves or at least for my I can speak for myself that I, watch I you it. know it's funny I watch it but I don't watch it when it's like the when the ep new episodes come out I'm more of a TBS uh, cartoon network catcher <laughs> okay well I love this show but you and I you watch it enough but you're right you're not yeah. like waiting for every new episode on Sunday sure. nights but I do think what you said is true, but I think it's even more true than you realize. So you're looking at this hit a very huge audience. The majority of the audience is male. I, I would imagine quite a few people, and by a few, let's say it's let's say it's a hundred, okay, okay, out of the millions of people that watch it. But what if a hundred men that day realize, wow. I can't be sexually harassed because, you know, even though I'm a guy and, oh, well, well, actually, I think I have been or whatever. I do think it's actually more enlightening. I think it's probably a little bit of a slow burn. But for it to hit such a predominantly male audience and make them aware that, yes, you can be victims and talk about it. And I mean, it was in, in the fact that Lois didn't, you know, told him that he couldn't really be sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. I think it probably did wake a few people up. And maybe even if it if it uh, if it enabled one male victim of sexual harassment to realize he was being sexually harassed, mm -hmm. I think I, I think it made more of an impact probably at the individual level than we then we'll know. Right. Okay. No one's going to come up and blog about it or we could probably find something. And then what I like about this episode, too is it also did a small a couple things to take some swipes at toxic masculinity but there is a very quick segment where peter's watching an old robert mitchum movie where he slaps the female to calm her down like they used to do and he's like well of course you you can slap a woman which is so inappropriate right. and wrong and it kind of, but he really did it took a good jab at at that old toxic masculinity. And then, you know, just to, to what you said earlier, where I said we're not quite there yet, she actually switched gears and then guilted Peter 
into possibly sleeping with her by saying no one found her attractive. So she mm. she went from being the very aggressive sexual harasser to the, oh, you know, men don't find me attractive and I'm just... Playing the mind game. Yeah, and so you think that Peter actually gives in and sleeps with her under pretending he's someone else, but then at the end you find out that he has strapped Mort to the front of his body. And so poor Mort was victim of Angela and what Quagmire referred to as her being a dumpster fire. I'm also just trying to make this sound like a much bigger and profound uh, episode than it really was. But there it is. This shows that we can take a television show uh, later a movie, maybe we'll do it with a song or a play, but we can actually look at things and, and put our little HR perspective on them. I feel like we talked about some two uh, pretty uh, time timely and hot HR topics. Well, we try to make it fun some of the time. We will have some, <laughs> some more serious topics coming up soon. Uh, we're looking forward to doing an expose on the marijuana laws and how they're mm-hmm. impacting your HR depa- department. Holy shit, I can't talk today. Let's try that one again. <laughs> so we're going to have an upcoming episode about the marijuana laws and how they're impacting your HR yes. department. And then I'm real excited about what we're going to do covering you know, hiring and selection and retention in this ever-tough talent pool mm-hmm. so hannah hampton take us out of here well thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode now i want to remind you we'd love to hear from you so please reach out to us via our social media channels or email we want to get some feedback if you've got some suggestions things you want to hear us talk about you know please uh send drop us a line well done hannah peace we're out we're out